another episode of the Behind the You podcast. And we've got uh, a big, literally, a, a big guest with us, Chantrell Henderson, a name that many remember, but I don't know, maybe, maybe some haven't kept up with what he's doing. So Chantrell, first and foremost, I know you're battling the weather up there in Minnesota. Thanks for doing this. Yes, sir. I appreciate that you having me, man. We'll start at the end, this go round. What are you doing now? Where are you? What are you doing? Last I saw you were playing in the CFL or you were Saskatchewan. What are you up to these days? Um, I've been out of the NFL since 2019, probably week eight, October. I've just been training, probably go back and play in Canada um, this okay. May. Uh, but I've had a few injuries uh, since since the last time I played uh, with the Texans, so I didn't end up going out um, to Szechuan and, and playing uh, back in 2020. So I actually haven't played since since 19. That's been a little while. I was going to say, just in the big picture, uh, Sean Trell, just doing research on this, knowing a little bit up, knowing a little bit about your your career, you've been through a ton, dude. Your recruitment was crazy. I know there were suspensions at UM. You were in a car accident. You lost your best friend. You just mentioned injuries. How have you gotten through all that? Man, it's been a crazy uh, roller coaster, man. But that's that's really what comes with the game and with life. But um, really, faith, man, God, my mom, my dad, just keeping things rolling, no matter uh, no matter what comes across the path, man. But um, as far as injuries, it's tough getting back, man. Like you know, making it back to the field getting back, getting in with the guys, like, it's like you're by yourself once you get hurt, you know, and you got to do everything to get back on the field. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know where you want me to start, but... Wherever you want to take this, man, I'm following you. Well, I'll take it back to UM. Um, I think that was, that was, what, 2012. I got in a car accident uh, in the summertime, literally uh, two nights before uh, my best friend's funeral. Um, I actually was told that I wasn't going to be able to make it because of camp starting that Friday. So they actually changed the funeral for me uh, to Thursday. And uh, I think that, yeah, that was August 2nd, 2012. And I ended up getting in a uh, bad car accident with uh, with one of my teammates' brothers, uh, uh, Clive Wofford's brother to be exact, uh, back in uh, August 1st, 2012, man. We, uh, we were on US-1, uh, we came across the intersection. Uh, I was in a passenger seat, no seatbelt on. Um, uh, Clive's brother was driving and uh, the lady was trying to turn and make a left and we were kind of coming through the intersection already uh, and she kind of stopped. So my guy kept going and we kind of smacked her car and um, she actually had a kid in the back, man. And when I got out the car, I was kind of blank. Uh, you know, my face was bleeding, tooth stuck in my lip. I was real messed up, but I ended up uh, making it out okay. But um, the lady was fine, but her, her kid had been kind of ejected out, out of the car, man. So it was kind of a real bad situation for, for all of us. Um, and then after I ended up um, losing my aunt uh, like four days later. So I had two funerals back to back. And then I wasn't able to play. And yeah, it was, it was a crazy, that was a crazy year for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to, we're going to chronicle some of this, Chantrell. But you said, so you hadn't played since 2019, right? You got hurt with the Texans. Uh, you were supposed to go to Saskatchewan. Uh, yep. You got hurt again. So what happened before you went to the CFL? What was the injury? How long did it have you out? Um, and so then, what, and, and then kind of where are you in, in, whatever form of rehabilitation you're going through for your injuries or trying to stay in shape? So 2019, uh, I started having uh, real bad back problems probably when camp started back, back in August. And um, I had been getting epidural shots, you know, all the treatment I can get just to make sure, you know, I can practice and I can play. Um, come, come week six, come week six, it started getting worse. And pretty much our whole old line was just about down talking back up right tackle back up left tackle two guards and uh it was time for me it was it was my my turn to start um it was either gonna be right tackle or left tackle that week um i think tonson was down and um our rookie was down at the time and then my back ended up being messed up the same week it's time for me to go and um, I ended up getting put on NFI the same day because we needed guys. So 
um, I was on NFI for two weeks, and then I ended up getting cut by by detectives, and I didn't get picked up after that. So my uh, my next journey was to the CFL, and um, when it was time for me to go out there, the COVID kept the COVID stuff kept happening, and that was that was kind of pushing things back. So the CFL got pushed back, I think, into June, if I'm not mistaken. And my back was still pretty messed up, and I wasn't I wasn't gonna be able to go, so I didn't I didn't even go. I just focused on getting my back right. I ended up getting a a, a small surgery, and I've just been I've been training ever since, and I'm um, still been in contact with Sashwan, and I'm supposed to be heading out there um, early May. So you still want to play? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Still want to play. Excellent. All right. So now we're now we're gonna go back to now we got people caught up with where and you're in Minnesota right now, correct? Minneapolis. How cold is it right now? As we're doing this, how cold is it up there? Uh, snowstorm today. I think it is nine degrees. You just need to come back here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'll, I'll be back and forth. My mom still. My mom still lives in Orlando. Yeah, you need to come back here to that warm weather, man. You don't have to worry about the snow on the road, snowstorms, canceling interviews, and and bundling up. No, right. It's it's a north thing, man. It's what goes down up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's where you were born and raised. So so I got it. Um. All right, let me, I'm going to ask you a really simple question. Were you always, always bigger than everyone else? Yes, since I was a kid, man, I was always the largest person, for sure, for sure. Um, I never really had a crazy growth spurt or nothing like that. I just always grew like two inches a year, probably all the way up until my freshman year of college. And once I hit six, eight, I stopped growing, but I've always been a pretty large human being, <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> so like when you were playing youth football were you always an offensive lineman oh uh, yep uh because in minneapolis they do this weight thing like oh they got you, the weight limit right yeah they got the weight limit thing you can't be a ball carrier if you're over 155 or whatever the heck it was at the time so of course i didn't i never started touching the ball probably until they switched that my eighth grade year i started playing a little more tight end and getting some passes and stuff like that. But other than that, I was D-line, O-line for sure. Tell me about your, your how your hands. Tell me about your tight end skills. Could we move a little bit? No, I got I got great hands, man. Everybody know that. Definitely can move. Well, that's why that that's why you were the top recruit, right? That's why you were six eight, you know, six six three hundred pound offensive lineman that everybody wanted. Um, but I but so as big as you were in in, uh, in football, the story goes your first love was hoops. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Always been my first love, man. I wake up with a basketball in my hand, man. That was just kind of how I grew up in every gym outside every day. You know, basketball was my thing, man. Shaquille O'Neal been my favorite favorite basketball player since I was three, four years old, you know. So that's who I looked up to. And growing up, watching Kevin Garnett and stuff, seeing him in the neighborhood, you know, always wanted to be a hooper. But, you know, football – my my mom kind of made me play football, man. And to be honest, uh, I didn't, I really didn't want to play. She's like, yeah, you need to get out there, man. You're big. Uh, you need to learn how to be mean and, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, dang, she kind of just threw me in the water. But I don't regret it at all, man, because, you know, it kind of made me who I am today. You know, football make you tough, man. I ain't want to hit nobody. When I first started, so you're a big softy. You know, you're a big softy. Well, big what? Big softy. Don't want to hit nobody. Everybody making fun of you. you. Ain't moving nobody off the line. You know that'll start bothering you after a while. Then you you'll find the off and on switch. Once I found that, I was good. Yeah. <laughs> once you hit somebody one time and put them in their place, you were like, "Whoa, I can do this." I, I could do this. You know. So how? So when your mom, when you say your mom put you in football, how old were you about? I was seven. You were seven. All right. So you were seven. Yeah, I was seven. I I played, yeah, I played, I was, I was so big. I played, um, I played two grades up. Played two grades up. So, but, but you did, yeah. that's not what you wanted. So you were, but basketball, but basketball was your thing. Oh yeah. Basketball is my thing for sure. Yeah. So if you were the biggest kid playing football, I imagine you were the biggest kid playing basketball. I mean, could anyone stop you? Man, the only thing is I, I really had no jumping ability probably until I got to high school. I, I couldn't really jump like that. I could shoot. I could do everything else. I just couldn't really jump. So that was most definitely guys that was taller than me. Um, bigger, no. Bigger, no, but taller, yes. Yeah. So could you have played? Do you think if you had focused entirely on basketball, do you think you would have been a D1 basketball player? Like, were you that? Were you? Well, I guess, let me ask you this. What if sport I, would you have been better at, football or basketball? Listen, if I never played football and I only played basketball, I would have went to the NBA. Um, 
if I if I would have just only focused on basketball, I most definitely would have been D1 and went to the NBA. I had multiple D1 scholarships to play basketball. I was just better at football, and I and I just stuck with that. So who who offered you to play basketball in college? Uh, shoot, my first offer came ninth grade from St. Louis University. My second offer was from Wisconsin. Third came from Iowa. Fourth came from UCLA, Villanova. Uh, I got eliminated one from NC and, and Duke, and I think that's just because they wanted me to play football as well. Um, <laughs> somebody, no, honestly, somebody, honestly. somebody talked to Coach K and said, "Hey, man, do me a favor." Yeah, and no, but before, um, before Miami, Miami never really offered me a full ride scholarship until I told them I was interested. But I had a full ride for basketball from them um, my sophomore year. But so that would have been who, Coach Hayes? That was, uh, yes, yes, yep, yep, yep. Wait, so you had, whoa, 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 whoa. You had a, well, we're going to make a little news here. So you had a full ride to play basketball at UM before you had a full ride to play football. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, they didn't, they didn't offer me, they didn't offer me at all because they thought I wouldn't come down there. Randy Shannon told me that personally to my face when he came uh, to Minneapolis uh, at my dad's house. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. And you had, but, but. No, he, he, he was, he was, he was completely honest with me. He that's good. Like, Man, you're the number one player in the nation. We didn't think he was going to leave the Midwest, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, like, I, I can appreciate his honesty, but I'm going to go back to the hoops for a second. There was never a thought, though, of going to play basketball. Or, I mean, just, was there a thought? Was there a thought of, wanted, was there a thought I, of playing both sports? Both. Yeah. I wanted to do both, but I was so overweight when I got to um, – and I got to school late because I ended up I had to get out of that LOI. At, we're gonna uh, talk. USC. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah, Don't worry. We'll talk about um, that. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, I was so overweight I, when I got to um. I don't know if you know that, but when I got to Miami, my first weigh in, I was three eighty nine. You know, I was partying, partying my butt off during before I left uh, Minneapolis. I wasn't working out, doing none of that. I was just enjoying before you know I was about to be in Miami and not coming back. So, um, yeah, I wasn't training at all. I came in sloppy as hell. Um, died the first day of practice. Everybody remembers that. Um, now, wait, 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 wait. wait. Everyone, everyone remembers the first day of practice or everyone remembers you dying first the first day, day of practice? My first day, my, me, the first day of practice, dying, not being able to finish on the field. Like, I, I don't think I made it out of the first period. I was already. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. Like, what? They, they had to put the whole ice bucket down my shirt because my, my body was so heated. I wasn't used to that yet. Damn. I bet that didn't feel too yeah, good. it was that hot. I bet you regret, did you regret yeah, the party? Nah, At nah. that point, you might have regretted the party. Of course, of course. I wasn't doing nothing before I got to school, man. That was on me, you know what I'm saying? But once I got it, I got it. You know, we was grinding for sure, for sure. I don't think nobody in college football ran more than us in Miami, and that's a fact. So you mentioned before, we're going to circle back to that. You mentioned before, now dating some of us, Kevin Garnett and Stephon Marbury. The, the, do I have the T-Wolves, the, 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 the stars right in Minnesota back then? Kevin Garnett, Stephon Marbury, um, and somebody. Tom now. Gugliotta? Um, Gugliotta, he was more 90s. I okay. didn't really get to see him play like that. I got gotcha. you. Um, um, Marbury had left though. Terrell Brandon, um, Anthony Piller, those guys. You know, we had we had some good guys that came through here. Yes, for you sure, did. for sure. But yeah, my K mom would take me to all the games. KG was your guy. KG was the guy, man, for sure, for sure, man. The ticket. The ticket. The ticket. Now he was about as tall as you, but he's a little skinnier than you. Man, he looked like he's seven three. You know, he real lanky. <laughs> he's, he's, he used to pull up, pull up in the hood, man, at a drop top. Really? Yeah, man. All green drop top. Drive through, put his hands up, wave at everybody, keep it moving. Wow. All right. Did you know him at all? Just because you were a big time athlete? Like, did you get a chance to meet him? No, no, no. You got to think, man. I was young. You know, KG was gone after that. I didn't graduate until 2010. No, I know. I, I know. He went to Boston. I think he was in Boston. He was already, like, yeah. 07 or 08 or something like that. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, as a, as a, as a kid, man, we watched all the games. We used to go to all the games, but he he would be around the city. Like you could catch, you could catch KG outside, you know? All right. So we, we, you said ultimately you were better at football, although, you know, all those D1 offers in basketball means you were pretty good at basketball too. But when did you know, if your mom started playing you at seven in football, 
and you didn't want to do it and you were scared and you know you weren't tough and you weren't mean until a, a switch you know the kind of the, the switch flipped when did you finally figure out you were good at football like when did you know that was going to be your sport mm, i didn't really have that set in my mind we'll put it like this i started getting a lot of recognition um really solely off of because of my guy michael floyd man he he, he don't want to really had all those schools coming coming to Creighton Durham and, and, and checking them out. He was the man. You know what I'm saying? Playing wide receiver. I know you remember Michael Floyd. Yes, sir. And um and then, you know, like I told you, I was lazy as hell. And he was the one that really put me on how to grind in the weight room and and being on top of myself and, and, and just and, and being that guy. You know what I'm saying? So when they would come see Mike, you know, they would say, Hey, we got this this other big freshman, you know what I'm saying, man, he's talented, whoopty whoopty woo, whatever. And then um, probably after I played the freshman season, basketball season comes around. You know, they still coming to see Mike. He's only two years older than me. He graduated in 08. So, yeah, they're still coming to see Mike. We got another guy named Shady Solomon. He he was fired too. So, all the college is coming to see them. And um, and this guy from uh, Rivals.com comes and sees me. Damn, it's pissing me off that I can't get his name. Um. Ah, it's gonna bother me. But um, yeah. Uh, he comes and sees me, and he's like, "Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna make you the number one player in the nation." You know, I'm through off. I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, I haven't even played varsity football yet." You know, and, uh, at my school, they don't let you play um varsity football as a freshman. You gotta play freshman football, then your sophomore season you can start playing varsity. So um, I'm just getting done with my freshman football. And, and he's saying he wants to make me the number one player in the nation. I remind him of uh, um, Michael Orr, uh, the guy from the Blind Side movie. And um, he never seen nobody, you know, you know, that looked like me, that can move like me, and things like this. And I'm just thinking he's shooting, he's shooting the stuff, <laughs> man. About a week later, everybody's calling me saying I'm the top pitcher on rivals. I was like, dang, now I got all these schools coming up to the school to see me. I'm getting pulled out of class, I'm getting calls. Got mail coming to every single one of my family members' house out of nowhere. It was, it was just crazy. And it kind of just happened just like that. And I still didn't set my mind, oh, yeah, I would just be a football player because they said this or because I'm on rivals and you put me here. You know, I didn't believe I was the number one player in the nation, you know. I, I know I didn't work for it. You know, but I started busting my butt after that, so I can uphold that. You know, I'm still a basketball player in my eyes, but now I'm grinding both. So you were in the number one player in rivals before you'd ever played a varsity snap of football. Yes, sir. That's wild. Yes, sir. And I also got my first. Um, Charlie Wise gave me my first uh, scholarship to Notre Dame before I played a varsity football game as well. And that was that was right when Mike said that he was coming to Notre Dame. He offered me a scholarship the day after. There you go. Verbal. He offered me a verbal, he offered me a verbal the day after. Yeah. So you mentioned your high school. I want you to mention the name of that again because in doing uh, my research and getting prepared for this, Sean Trail. At the U.S. Army All-American game, I think they, there was a bunch of videos released about you in and around the game. And in one of them, they're talking to your dad. And your dad spoke very highly of the high school you went to, that it was a very prestigious school to go to, that kids in the community wanted to go to. He said kids from the hood wanted to go there. They would clean up their act to, be, to go to that school. And he mentioned Michael Floyd. So can, what was the – give us the name of the school again and then – why did it have that reputation? Why did kids want to go there? How did you get there? And, and is what I said, uh, was that accurate? Yeah, Creighton Durham Hall. Um, it's in St. Paul, uh, Minnesota, um, from Minneapolis. So it was kind of a, uh, it was a different commute for me. But um, how I ended up going to Creighton was kind of crazy. Um, my mom didn't want me to go to an inner city school, and she had it you know, in her mind that I'm going to go to a private school. Um, I was trying to go to Patrick Henry with all the rest of my friends or, or Minneapolis North, one of those two schools. My mom went to Patrick Henry. My dad went to Minneapolis North. 
And uh, my mom was like, nah, I want you to go to private school. I don't want you to learn every day. I don't want you, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're going to be doing after school. You know, I want you to go over here. So I was originally supposed to go to Tatino Grace or De La Salle High School. Those are two um, two other pretty prestigious high schools, um, private high schools uh, in the metro area. And um, and um, my coach, uh, uh, J.D. Pride, my uh, my little league football coach, J.D. Pride, coached me all the way up from, what, fourth grade all the way, what was that, third or fourth grade? Had to be fourth grade. I switched parks after that. Yeah, so fourth grade all the way up through eighth grade, man. And um, he was taking us to all these football games. And he was like, yeah, maybe I can shadow at this school or shadow at that school. And he was like, okay, I'm going to take you to the Eden Prairie and, um, and Creighton Durham Hall football game. And that was my first time uh, going. Uh, Creighton doesn't have a, um, a football field. So they play at St. Thomas University right there in St. Paul. And um, that was my first time going out there. And, man, Michael Floyd, I think he put up, like, uh, I think he had four touchdowns for, like, 215 or something like that. So many scouts at the game, like, my coach was just pointing them out. Like, yeah, that's this coach. That's the Western Michigan coach. And that's the Wisconsin coach. There was so many scouts there. And um, he was like, this what, is this what you this what you want to be a part of, you know? This what you want to have at your games. This is this, this you want to have watching you. You don't want to be in the hood and worried about where you're going to school and if you can pay for it. You want to go to a school like this where you're going to get a good education and you're going to be able to get the hell out of here. So after that day, we was like, man, it's going to be lame. It's probably going to be lame because it's not what we used to. You know what I'm saying? Me and my best friend, um, J.D. Jr., we ended up uh, attending Creighton. You know, we shadowed there, and then we ended up uh, enrolling um, the next year after eighth, after eighth grade was over. It was like, we just going to go here, and we just going to see how it goes. Of course, school was actually lame, but it most definitely changed my life, you know? A um, whole different scenery for me, coming from the north side of Minneapolis. Um, you know, different people, super diverse, you know, learning how to interact with all different types of people from, from all across the city. You know what I'm saying? 97% of the high school is going to graduate every year. I never heard nothing like that ever before I got to Creighton. You know what I'm saying? So that alone meant a lot, you know, especially to my mom. So that's where I ended up going. So did you feel when you, when you, so did you grow up in the inner city of Minneapolis? Yeah, North Minneapolis. So did you feel like you fit in when you got to Creighton? Did you feel like you fit in? Or no? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> I was I was this big black kid from North Minneapolis that everybody was like, who the hell is this guy? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, people people take size different. You know what I'm saying? Some people take size different. People are like, oh, he's big, he's mean, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Once people used to talk to me, and, you know, we converse, and they say, oh, you know, oh, you're a cool guy, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You know, everybody probably didn't like me. Ain't, everybody ain't going to like you. But I was pretty much friends with everybody, man. I had all different types of friends, man. Like, Cream was crazy. Kind of opened, opened my eyes up a little bit. Let me know that it was more more, more to things than just, you know, what I was used to. Cream taught me a lot, of, a lot of structure, man. I was a lazy kid. I'm not used to doing nothing. I used to getting up early. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm a hoop for sure. I'm be in the gym every day for sure. But I, I didn't have a lot of structure. You know what I'm saying? Before I got there and just going there, being around, you know, guys like Mike and Coach Scanlon and and um, you know, my basketball coach, the dean, and those guys just kind of let me know that you know I could I could be somebody other than you know what I thought I was gonna be. You know, they they just kind of kind of guided me to, you know, be that guy. And how'd they and, treat you back home? So back home, were they supportive of you or did, or were they like, hey, man, how come? No, every, every, everybody was supportive of me. I mean, you know, of course, I always came back to the north side as much as I could. But just by me going to school in St. Paul and my mom moving from North Minneapolis to, to St. Paul and to the south side, you know, it just – I was in a better area and I wasn't around everything like I would have been if I was just still – you know, over there like that. I got you. Know, you. It just would have been different. I would have been more susceptible to 
bad stuff. things. And, you stuff. Know, you know what I'm saying? Stuff. Stuff. We'll, we'll just say stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. We'll just say stuff. Things I'm supposed to be into. Stuff you're not supposed to be doing. Yeah. All right. So you just talked about becoming the number one player in the nation before you'd ever taken a snap of varsity football. You still have three years left of high school to play varsity, to be that guy, to be the USA Today, you know, offensive player of the year in the country. So can you tell, can you detail for me and give an example of a story or more than one of just how crazy your recruitment was, just how much attention was on you, how... I don't know how much pressure you might have been under because if, if that's if you only told me that little snippet of what happened just in ninth grade, I want to know what's happening in tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade because everyone sees it as oh he's the bit you know I've lived high school football in South Florida I've covered it down here so I know how this world works, but to to at the level that you were at, how how ridiculous did it get? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I told you everything started happening like like real fast for me like I wasn't used to all the attention but. You know, I'm just really being me and being a humble dude as all of it comes to me. But I was I wasn't used to all that. You know, I wasn't used to being wanted by different people to play sports. You know what I'm saying? I'm used to it on the basketball side because I go play with another AAU team. And, you know, we're gonna go to St. Louis and Las Vegas this week, and then I go play with another AAU team and go to a different tournament, play an Adidas tournament. I'm used to that. But now it's colleges. Now we're talking about my future. I, I wasn't used to that. So I'm excited and I'm kind of nervous at the same time because I didn't, like I said, I didn't feel like I was the number one player. But now, you know, I put it in a position where I got to show that I can do this. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to go to the mail. Um, probably like two weeks after they put me on rivals, calls start coming in. My grandma had just got me another phone. Now I got, um, I'm a sophomore. I didn't return, I don't think I turned 16. No, of course, my birthday's in January, so I didn't return 15, uh, 16 yet. And um, I got two phones. And I just got this phone. And literally, it starts ringing off the hook. I'm talking about when government gets me the phone, it was like a Verizon Blackberry or something like that. So I got the Verizon <laughs> Blackberry. No, for real, it, it was a Verizon Blackberry, but this was the touch screen, the one when you touch it, it dims in. It was crazy. Um, I got that one, and I got the um, and I got the Sprint flip phone, uh, the Razor, the Razor. So I got those two. Man, my Verizon starts going crazy, but the only people that's blowing me up is from Iowa, and I'm like damn, how they get this number? Like, I just got this phone. When I tell you, they never stop calling. Late night, early morning, I could be at school, I'm in class, whatever, they're going to call me. As soon as I get out of lunch, I got to go in the dean's office because that's them. I didn't answer the phone last night, but so now they're calling the school. Like, I were recruiting me harder than anybody. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, that's what I remember for sure. I was recruiting me harder than anybody, but the calls, the calls and the mail was coming in. I just didn't understand how they got all my family's addresses. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dang, they only got my last name. How did they know that's my family? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it was, it was like that. It, it was like that. My aunts, all my aunts, like literally all my aunts' house, the school, my mom's house, my dad's house, uh, both my grandmother's, uh, and my papa's house. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, I had mail going everywhere, man. It, it was crazy. The phone calls, house phones, cell phones, my mom's phone. Then it sent a mail to my mom's job. Like, it, it was crazy. Like, that was that was some of the craziest stuff ever. I probably got, man, I got house houses and storages full of all that mail, man. My dad still got it all. So, ten, a 10th grade you're playing. How good were you 10th grade year? I could tell you, 10th grade, I was just getting a job done. I was blocking. It might have looked like some, but yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't focusing enough on my technique at the time and getting better. Basketball was still my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so in 10th grade, wait, wait, in 10th grade, Chantrell, you still think you're going to play basketball in college? Man, you got to think about where my mind was, man. The football stuff was new to me. Man, I'm the number one player in the nation. I love basketball that much that I was still saying in my head, I'm going to go play both. Yeah. Then you, then you, then you were the number one player in the nation for football, but in your head, you still wanted to play both. 
I'm still going to play both because I'm also the seventh seventh ranked player in, in basketball come my junior year in the nation. Seventh or seventy seventh? Seventy seventh. Seventy seventh. And you got all the offers you're talking about. So you mentioned that uh, Charlie Weiss is the first one to verbally offer you. Who are the other names that you remember that were there, like conversations, offers, coming to the school, pulling you out of class? Who are some of the other names that you kind of just remember, like, yeah, I remember meeting this guy? Ogeron had um, had just got to USC. Ogeron had the crazy recruiting pitch, man. You know, you got that, that, yeah. that, that southern accent, you know what I'm saying? And anything that comes out of his mouth is kind of like butter. You know what I'm saying? Like, just know how to make that sound good. But as far as genuine with the pitch and and not shooting me, no no BS or nothing like that, Coach Stoutman, my offensive line coach from Miami, man, I, I really had nobody really just be fully, brutally honest with me. You know what I'm saying? Him and, him, him, him and Randy Shannon, when they came, came and sat down in the living room with me and my father, and my mom, my grandmother, you know, they didn't, it, it wasn't like a pitch. Oh, if you come here, you get this and you can do this and um, you're going to start right away and, and all of that. It was none of that. It was, we want you to come here if you want to come here. If you want to come here, we would like to have you. But our offensive line most definitely needs you if you want to come. So and that was, that was, that was Coach Stalin and Randy Shannon's pitch. They, 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 just like that, straight cut and dry. You know? And were you good with that and, back and, then? Were you good with that back then? I, I, I was good with that because it wasn't the normal, oh, uh, we'll give you everything you want as long as you come. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I could break my whole back or whatever. I'll be done first day of practice. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Don't promise me none. Let me let me earn it. You know, I, I don't want to be told nothing. Like, it's, hey, I'm coming, I'm coming, we're going to grind whatever and, and that's that's how it was with with coach Stalin. so when did coach they Stanley. offer you so you said they didn't offer you because they didn't think you were coming when did they offer you that was what was that my junior year that was my junior year what was that 2009 november october october or november of 2009 of your junior year like of my junior year yeah. is when they finally yeah. offered you yeah yeah i still hadn't been to visit or or or, or anything um I still was kind of set on going to USC, but things started changing out there, you know, once um, once the coaching staff changed and, and stuff like that, and Lane Kiffin and, and his dad and, and Orgeron, you know, was coming in, you know, things started changing, and, and, you know, all that stuff they had going on, and me and my father, you know, were talking, and we, you know, we made a decision that, you know, I was going to try to get out of my LOI at USC and, and go to Miami. I know you don't sign till signing. Uh, when did you? When did you? When did you? Uh, either announce or, or did you announce on signing day that it was USC? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I, I um I, I did it at CBS Sports. Um, right. Is his name Tom Lemon? Tom Lemon. Is, is Tom Lemon. Right? Tom Lemon. My guy. Yes. Sorry, man. Dang. Was that so, the guy? Wait. Was Tom, that the guy that made bad. you number one? Is that the guy that made you number one? Yeah. My, my, yeah. My bad, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep, so let me ask you this: sure. so that that night you or that day you announced, right? And and you know, again, I, I know what that can be like. So, like the night before you sign, are you is your phone blowing up still? Like crazy, like crazy. Um, Tom, man, I miss so much school, man. Uh, Tom ended up flying me, my mom, my dad, and my girl out to um to New York City for me to do um for me to do the signing day at Chelsea Pierce on CBS Sports out there where they uh, where they record Law and Order and stuff like that. And um, that was my first time in New York City. Um, so, man, I was amazed, man. It was crazy. Um, I got to stay at the Time Hotel. Um, when I walk in, I, uh, I got to meet um, my girlfriend actually was going up to the uh, front desk and she bumped into Omarion. He, he invited us to... Uh, to the 106 in Park, um, but I had to do I had to do the signing um, probably a couple of hours later, so we didn't get to go. But he most definitely invited us. That was that was that was real cool. Got to meet him. My girl got to take pictures with him and stuff like that. But the night before was crazy, man, because it's like um, you know, all the schools that's been hitting you up um, this whole time. You know, um, everybody even if even if you said you didn't have interest. Um, in those certain schools and I got my, my five down, but all the other schools are still going to call to see what they can do, what they can say. 
to to get you to you know what I'm saying come this way. So um, my phone was ringing off the hinges, man. I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, all I can remember is Ojeron calling me uh, <laughs> after <laughs> after I put the. Um, okay, that's what it was. My guy Ego Ferguson was there too, and he was committing to LSU, and um, and um, I told him I was still kind of kind of iffy or whatever and my dad was just like um well just put the hat on put the jersey on and if you don't know after just don't sign the letter of intent so I did that and after we get off the scene O'Dron's blowing me up like Man, it's not official if you don't sign a paper. It's not official if you don't sign a paper. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, I'm not ready to sign it yet. You know what I'm saying? And you know they they were like they were hot. They were hot at me for sure. I don't think I signed that paper until it was like a month because they put some weird stuff on. Rob was talking about this is the Chantra Henderson rule or some crazy stuff. Man, everybody was hitting me up about it or something like that. But um, I wasn't I wasn't being uh I wasn't holding out just to hold out. I was I was dead ass. Do I want to go to USC or do I want to go to Miami? And Miami ended up being my last visit in January. I think it was like, yeah, it was like a week after my birthday or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was Pro Bowl weekend, man. Craziest, crazy visit. Great time. My first time in Miami. Me and my mom and my dad. Great times, man. Ultimately, after you announce, you take your time, you decide to sign the papers, but still, but you do you, do you ever go do you you don't ever end up at, in you don't ever show up on campus do you? Never showed up on campus. Um, me and my dad we was just kind of like um, like I said I was really kind of back and forth about 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 you know if I still wanted to go out there you know I didn't I didn't understand all the allegations and stuff and and all the um, bans and the bowl games and all that stuff I didn't I didn't get all that stuff at the time. All I knew was what was on the news, what my dad was telling me. My decision was kind of based off of that I actually feel like I was going to be comfortable out there. Um, classes and, and things like that, the area. You know, my mom, my grandmother wanted to go wherever I wanted to go. And at the time, they were already actually planning on moving to L.A. And I just, I just, I just ended up going making the decision to go to Miami. It took me a while to get out of out of that letter of intent. Um so how did so how did Miami go from they kept it real, right? You said they kept it real, Shannon and Stoutland, you know, different pitch, honest, open, really didn't sell you, just kind of told you told you what they thought and how it was gonna be. Didn't even offer you till you were late till it was later in the process. <clears throat> so how did they go from sort of off the radar to on, how'd they go from off the radar, let's say to number two or one a, how'd they, so if Ogeron's, you know, beating up your phone and Tim Brewster's calling you, how, how is Miami treating it um, down the stretch? Stalin, man, Stalin. He was just, he was real down to earth. Like, uh, it's hard to explain Stout, man. He just, that's my guy though, man. He's a New York City guy, so he, you know he, he's, he's arrogant. He's, he he got that accent. He's arrogant. He's arrogant as hell, but but he, he busts his ass hard. And he cares about his players. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 you could, you could just tell. Like everybody that I talked to from Orlando Franklin on down to Joel Figueroa and, and, and everybody, all the older guys that was on the line, Big Ben. You know, they all let me know how how real Stout was and, and how he wasn't just the offensive line coach, like, he, he actually gave a shit about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, he actually – and he showed me that. Like, man, I, I was getting – I was doing dumb stuff, being late to class, skimming class, on the beach, just enjoying being out of Minnesota. You know what I'm saying? And um, don't get me wrong, Stalin was on my ass every day, every single day, blowing my phone up every day. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? You need to get here. Get in my office now. Um, Just – on top of me and before before i even got there the the conversations with with stout it it was it was just i don't know he just kind of let me know like i'm gonna really be there for you this spot it ain't that big down here um i'm let you know where to go where not to go and and i'm gonna be on your ass 
every day. And that's exactly what you need. And I don't know. So they were never off. They were, they were never off my radar though. It was just USC from the jump was kind of man. They was they were sending them like every 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 year. They were sending at the time. They were sending the most guys to the league. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I, I loved LA. You know what I'm saying? I love how the campus looked. You know, at the time when I when I went out there, that was my first time out there on my visit. And shoot, I didn't I didn't hit LA again until. Um, I don't think I hit LA again until I got to the league. Yeah, yeah. I never went. I never went back to LA. I never had a game out there. None of that. Yeah. So, what did you think of Miami when you first got down here? It sounds like you you um, you enjoyed it in some regards. But what do you think from being from the Midwest and Minnesota, being in Miami? Did you think what do you think it was going to be like versus what it actually was like? A whole culture change for me, like from looks to people to. Um, Man, I'm used to just white people, black people, Somalians, uh, Chinese, Vietnamese people. That's Minneapolis, Hispanics. Down there, you got it all. You got Jamaican people, you got Creole people, you got Cubans, like all this different culture I'm not used to. All this different food and stuff like that I ain't, I, I'm not used to. You got Little Vanna, you got Little Haiti. You know, you got different spots where these people are going to be. I ain't. I wasn't used to that. So just riding around Miami and Florida period was, was, was a culture shock to me. You know, I was, I was interested. You know? Wait, what about the Northwestern guys? Cause they were, you know, Jacory and that whole group was a big, th- was a big deal down here. You came in on the back end of that. How'd those guys treat you? Man, Jacory, man, he, uh, that, that's my guy, man. He, he, he most definitely took me under his wing for sure. As soon as I got there, I think, I think he picked me up if I'm not mistaken. Uh, my first campus ride and stuff was with Jacory, man. He was just, man, he'd, he'd, he'd take me everywhere. He was just, put, he was putting me on and stuff. Like, you know, you go here, but, you know, you can't go here at this time, man. You know, you got to be on, you know, be on time for everything. Um, you know, you're going to go somewhere, you got to call me first so I can let you know if it's safe or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, Miami school was kind of like that. But, you know, all the, all the Northwestern guys was, was putting me on game. Tommy Streeter, you know, Big Ben, Big Black. You know, them, them, them was my guys, you know. But they, they they would all put me on game about about Miami as a whole, you know, whether whether it was good or bad. So how long did it take you to get back in shape? You said you came in at 389. How long did it take you? I lost 24 pounds in two and a half weeks. And then I was used to the practices and, and the running after that. So you start as a freshman? Yeah, I started as a freshman, a big-ass freshman. You started as a big ass freshman, but you want to, you want to, you want to, you know, you were named to a bunch of all freshman teams and whatnot. So at that point, how do you think your career was going to go? If you could have wrote the script from that point forward, how do you think it was going to go? Uh, if I wasn't, oh man, after my freshman year, I was hard on myself, man, only because I just felt like I was super stiff. I mean, don't get it twisted. I didn't, I don't think I gave up many sacks. It might have been one or two. Um, but, I was just hard on myself because I felt like Big O, he was just like how he played and how he blocked and, and, and things like that. I felt like I was supposed to be doing it like him. You, you know what I'm saying? Like my technique wasn't wasn't looking like his. Don't don't get twisted. We both, you know, we got different type of body frame. You know, he he was he was more stronger. You know, way more leg power than me. You know, could bend way better than me. You know, Big O had that. I was more better at using my hands and, and, and pass blocking and things like that. Big O was more of a dog, but I wanted to be like him, though, because, you know, most of his sets looked great, you know. When he when he was modeling a guy, that looked right, you know. So I was getting the job done, but I don't feel like I was killing it. You know what I'm saying? And that's just me being, you know, kind of hard on myself, but that's how I felt. Even though I got the All Freshman Player of the Year and whatever else it was, that didn't really matter to me. You know what I'm saying? I knew how I played. So what what changed in your junior and senior year? Well, when my best friend got killed, and I just felt like you know, part of part of me was gone, or part of my motivation was gone. You know what I'm saying? The phone calls, the um, you know, um. Just the everyday motivation that I would get from him, let me know to keep going, keep pushing, no matter how hard it is, no matter 
how hot it was and the day killed you and the workout killed you and I still got two papers to do and I still got another project to do and then I got to go do another PowerPoint, you know what I'm saying? You just let me know, like, man, we was up here in the snow, we was in the hood, you know what I'm saying? We have we have nothing to look forward to but going to the gym, going to the basketball games, going out of town and stuff like that. You, you're actually doing it right now, so you can't stop now. What you going to come back to? You know what I'm saying? And that was an everyday thing coming from him. So that was gone. Then my favorite auntie dies a week after him. So I just kind of felt like I was I was just down. And then my face all messed up. I know you remember that when I got back from the car accident and stuff. So I was just kind of down. I was. They had me talking to a sports therapist and, and things like that. That helped out a lot. But um, just losing them kind of just made me be like, man, I got I to gotta do stuff right. You got to make it out. Sophomore year came up and now it's like they're coming out with um with NFL grades and you got a third round grade and you can actually leave next year. I got spooked. I was spooked. I could have left my junior. I was spooked. I was scared. Scared of what? I didn't think I was ready. I didn't think I was strong enough. I didn't think I was going to do enough on the bench. I was worried about little stuff like that. But it's not little, you know? Did so you want to be? Did you want to play? I could have left my junior year if it was all about the NFL. I would have left my junior year. So when you finally get drafted, your seventh round, you're going to camp. Are you what's your what's your mindset like then? Like, are, are you are you laser focused on putting that stuff behind you and 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 being the guy you always wanted to be, or where are you at? My whole thing was, okay, Cyrus got drafted before me in the second round, so the red card was laid out for him. Um, Cyrus Quandre. Oh, the, the guy, the guy yeah. from Alabama. And, um, yeah, he got picked up 44th pick. You know, I got picked up 237 pick. He got paid. I believe got paid. I got to, I got to make my mark in Buffalo. So my whole thing was I got to do everything better than him and whoever else. When I get to Buffalo, me and Cyrus, the youngest guys on the team, everybody else, five, six years in. I mean, of course, other than, you know, Sammy and the other guys that came in with us. Um, Preston and all those guys, Randell. But um, other than us, the whole team was like older older guys. You know, like other than the rookies, everybody was at least in their fourth or, or fifth year. Or, or, or It was like that team full of OS in Buffalo. For sure, for sure. So I was just trying to get in there, get cool with the older guys, um, uh, be their do boy, of course, um, and get cool with the coach. And and find my way in the lineup, and I did so. And how how did that happen? Did 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 you just put your head down and, and grind? Man, it was it was literally. I didn't when once I got to Buffalo. Um, I was I used to be big on traveling. I did not leave. I don't think I left Buffalo until into the summertime, like until we had that break before it's time to go to camp. Like it was like that. Like I was most definitely focused in. Like it was literally wake up, eat, um, work out, eat again, go home, chill out, um, hit a wing spot or something like that. Um, see what Buffalo talking about and go back home. <laughs> like no, no. Were the, so are the wings are the wings that good? Are the, the wings, wings, that, wings good? Are that good? Because it's multiple different places that make their wings different. Everybody's trying to compete on sauce or how they make their wings. A lot of people grill and fry their wings in Buffalo, and then they come with the sauce, whether it's honey mustard or um, your your buffalo or your lemon pepper buffalo, whatever. Everybody's trying to come with the best wings. You know what I'm saying? And it's how they prepare. So what's your what's your uh, what's your sauce of choice? I, I like the hot honey mustard, um, and, and I like the um, and I like the hot lemon pepper. But the hot honey mustard in, in Buffalo is is, is fine, it, it, yeah, for sure, for sure. So you're starting as a rookie. Yeah. At that point, you must have. I know everything you've discussed so far. At that point, you've got to be proud of yourself. I no? was proud of myself for sure. I was still kind of hurt. Um, you know, about to draft a little bit, but as far as what I've done once I got to Buffalo and earning the starting job before we went to Chicago to play our first game, I was most definitely proud of myself because I didn't think it would be like that. I thought for sure, you know, so I thought 
in my mind before getting to Buffalo, I'm like, dang, our technique is way better than mine. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dang, he was killing it in Alabama. You know what I'm saying? I remember him. It, it was like, it was, I was kind of like that. Like, I wasn't like, um, he had to compete with him or nothing like that. I just knew what he was capable of. And I thought for sure, since he got drafted in the second round, that the spot was his, wherever it was on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like a rounder, he comes from Alabama, he barely gave up anything down there. And he's a mauler, you know what I'm saying? And shoot, I just, I guess I was just, uh, I just had a little bit more speed with things than, 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 than Cyrus, you know what I'm saying? I was a little bit more on point with things. I was, I guess I was caring more than him from what I could see, you know what I'm saying? And I guess that's really what got me to drop I was just a little more on point so you've been through a lot already you start your rookie year you're starting your second year and then you get hit with Crohn's disease yeah first of all how did you know like what did you feel like it was um and what's that 2015 okay so camp um 2015 we're in uh Rochester New York we um we do camp at St. John Fisher college and um i thought that it was the food that was bothering my stomach or something like that don't get it twisted the food wasn't bad at all but i kept throwing up every day um like either right before practice or at some point during practice i would have to throw up and they like are you sick i'm like i'm not sick i'm like i know i drink a lot this is just rumbling in my stomach you know i, I gotta get it out but now i'm throwing up every day and now it's like it's unusual, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm starting to get stomach cramps. So at one point, um, went to the doctor, and um, you know they just gave me uh, uh, nausea pills or, or whatever to take if you're feeling like that. You know what I'm saying? So I would take it before practice because that's usually when I would, um, you know, throw up or whatever. So um, it helped for about the first week, but then I, I, I was still be throwing it. I'm still starting to get these funny. Uh, these funny cramps, like in one spot on my uh, in my lower abdomen, and um, if you ever had a Charlie horse in your leg, and you can picture that in your stomach, that's kind of what it feels like. And it wouldn't stay; it it would it would, it would like hmm, fifteen seconds max, and then it'll go away, and then it'll come back, and then it'll go away. It was, and it was like that. So it's like I'm having these these real quick stomach cramps in the middle of a game or in the middle of practice or whatever. And yeah, after, after a while, um, what was that? Week 11, we were in Philly. And um, I was geeked to play there because I, I had never been in Philly. And I never um, and I know that stadium was fire. And um, I don't know, Deshaun Jackson was playing against Shady. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what it was. So um, I got John Miller. I don't know if you remember John Miller. Uh, he's a Louisville guy, Miami guy as well. Though uh, he was my uh, he was my right guard at the time, and uh, we're, we're roommates. And I woke up probably like four fifteen in the morning, and I was just cold sweats, like my whole body wet, like sweating. I got that funny cramp feeling, you know, at the bottom of my left side of my stomach, and I can't stand up straight, and and it's just like cringing, cringing, and it just feels like, uh, like like a knife inside of my stomach just stabbing out and crunching, like a real crazy feeling, you know what I'm saying? Like like that Charlie horse feeling, like like that's the only way I can really explain it. But um, yeah, so I'm sweating trying to stand up straight I can't I'm all curled up and stuff like that and trying like man I'm gonna get the, uh I'm gonna get the training for you um so I ended up being stuck in the hospital overnight missed the whole game um and I got diagnosed with Crohn's uh while I was at uh Penn Hospital and once I got back to uh Buffalo I had to get all these different tests uh ran on me and stuff like that and that's how uh, that's how I knew I had Crohn's. Uh, so what did I miss? Missed the last five games of that season. So I think I only played 11 or 12. I think I played in 12 games that season. And I think I missed the last four or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So then what'd you go through? 
I mean, I'm, I'm reading about it. There's your, your, their, your intestines are separated. There's a bag. They're reconnected. You're don't. I mean, what, what, what was that okay, whole thing so, like? So, um, season's over. Um, my last couple of weeks, but we didn't make it to the playoffs. So, um, I leave Buffalo exit meeting was on the third or something like that. I think I left Buffalo January 9th. And um, I flew into Minneapolis. And when I got into Minneapolis, I started having that same feeling as the plane is just um, coming down the land. And I couldn't, it was hurting so bad that I couldn't get up to walk off the plane. So they had to let my dad and my brother in in the um inside the um msp yep, inside the terminal at msp to um wheelchair me to the car and i told my dad i want to go to the hospital this is yeah this is january 9th 2016 and um i told my dad i want to go to the hospital and he's like, man, you got to go if you're feeling like this. Whoopie, whoopie, whoopie. I'm just like, man, I just got off the plane. You can't take me to the hospital. At least let me go see my grandma and let me lay down for a second, whatever. That didn't work. Um, you know, take me to the hospital probably like four or five, something in the morning. I finally give in. Like, come on, you got to take me. Killing me. Like, the last place you want to be is in the hospital. But I had to go. And when I got to the hospital, the lady... After I did the CAT scan, yeah, after I did the, the CAT scan and the other test that she ran on uh, that she ran on me, she came in the room and I knew something was wrong because of how she was, was looking at me. It was kind of that old so-and-so just died or something like that. That's the look she gave me before she say like, man, I'm glad you came in. If you didn't come in today, you would have died tomorrow. Well, I'm like, what? And she's like, we got to give you emergency surgery in the next two hours. You know, your testes are so inflamed that you would have died if you didn't come here today. So they had to Man. put tubes in my nose down to my throat to suck everything out of my stomach that was in my stomach. That killed me for sure. Instant tears. If somebody's sticking something down your nose, you know what I'm saying? I got two different tubes in both different in both nostrils shoved all the way down to my throat area so so she can get everything out of my stomach before they do the surgery. All that stuff stuff that came out of my stomach was yellow and green. My my intestines were so inflamed because I hadn't used the bathroom um in like six days or something like that. So my intestines were so inflamed that um everything in my stomach was just start turning to poison. All the acids and stuff like that. It's just going to start turning to poison because I haven't used the bathroom. Um, so, yeah, they have to stick the tubes down, suck everything out of my stomach, can't talk for four hours, can't eat nothing. Um, boom, after that, I go straight into surgery. Uh, my mom flies from Orlando, I think, that same night. And so when I woke up, my mom was there, my dad was there, my daughter was there. Um, scary part, I wake up. Um, of course, I was nervous. I never had no um, surgery like that. Like all my surgeries been real small. Before that, I think I only had the little small back surgery in um, 2012 in Miami, where I had to get the cyst cleaned out uh, um, uh, on my spine, and that was a small surgery. Um, so before that, I hadn't really been through nothing like that. And um, so when I wake up out of the surgery, man, I got my stomach literally cut all the way open. I got a heart monitor on my chest. I got a wound vacuum on my left arm. Um, it's like a little iPad thing, you know what I'm saying? It kind of keeps your wound together or whatever. Uh, I got to keep that on for this annoying. And I got an ileostomy bag that's hanging to my mid-thigh. Um, so now I'm not using the bathroom out of my butt. Um, it's going straight into the bag through my stomach. Jesus Christ. And how long are you in the hospital for? So uh, I did January 10th to the 20th. I got out the hospital a day before my birthday. Um, and what kind of shape are you in? I don't mean like physical. I mean like what kind of like mental, emotional shape are you in? I'll tell and you physical, both. I guess, too. Um, 
I went in the hospital, 336. I left the hospital, 287. Um, I was 10 days eating ice chips um, and getting fed through a pick line. Uh, man, what? I got a whole different life now. I got the doctor telling me that I'm not going to play football no more. Um, I got the doctor telling me if I am going to play football, I got to play with the ileostomy bag. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do that. Um, and I'm down. I'm depressed. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm super down. I don't want to see nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. Um, and now I can't really do for myself. I'm used to doing everything by myself. Now I need... My cousin, my mom, my, my girl, my aunt, or somebody just just to wipe wipe my body down, and 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 all this stuff because you know where 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 it's going, it's going in the bag now. So now I got a little stuff leaking from my stomach onto my area right there, and I got to clean all of that at all times. I got to switch my bag five times a day. I can't lay on my stomach. I got to lay on my back on my side. You know what I'm saying? I got a wound vacuum because my stomach is split open, half and half, whatever. You know what I'm saying? A whole different, whole different ball game now, you know? And, um, so yeah, I was down, man, for, for a minute. I didn't get, I didn't get my, I didn't get reconnected until April, but, um, shoot, within two weeks, good news started happening. Lady told me, Hey, you can get, you might be able to get your ileostomy back. took off mid of April. Um, you're healing real fast. Your stomach is healing real fast. This wound vacuum, um, you might only have three more weeks for the wound vacuum because you're healing so fast. Now, now I got um, I got better spirits now. I got a chance that I can still play or, or I can get back to normal at least, you know. And so, when did it, when did you know when did you start training? I start training again to June. Um, I had to. Okay, so January through April, or did I get reconnected in May? No, it was April, January, March. Yeah, it was April, April 17th is when I got reconnected. So so now I'm using the bathroom the regular way again after after I get back reconnected. I had a foot of my, altogether I had um, small intestine, large intestine taken out, a foot total. They said I had the biggest intestine that they ever seen. <laughs> oh my god! And now the bills, like, are you hearing from the bills? Are you hearing from people? You like, are, are people supporting you? That was the thing. That's that. That was just. I ain't really hear from a lot of people. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Most of the O-line was reaching out to me, you know what I'm saying, because they knew what I was going through and stuff like that. But a lot of people really wasn't, really wasn't hitting me like that, to be honest. That's what, that's so, what was me the most, you know what I'm saying? I was like, dang. I kind of already feel like I'm out, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like that. You know, right. Because you, you know But now, so... No, no I'm sorry, go ahead. You know football starts back up in April and stuff like that, so... No. So you back? You're not back in camp. When do you first no. go back to camp? Like when do you first go back, to, go back to the facility? So, so right yep. before camp. Yep. I was training. Um, I was training in Minneapolis. I wasn't able to start back training until my stitches healed up. So once I got reconnected in April, I don't think my stitches fully healed up until the middle or end of May. And then I think my first workout was. June third or something like that, and then um, they were done with OTAs. Come, come third week of June or something like that, and then I went back to Buffalo, um, got my crib right and, and all that stuff, and then I started reconnecting with the trainers and letting them know, you know, I mean, we, I was, I was still in contact with the trainers. And let them know everything that was going on. So they were checking on me for sure, for sure, for sure. Did you think? So did you think you were going to make it back? Did you think you I had it in my back? head? 
that I was going to make it back. As long as I didn't have that ileosophy bag, I knew I was going to make it back. I just never had to focus on gaining weight ever. This was my first time ever having to focus on gaining weight, uh, gaining muscle. You know what I'm saying? I look like a tight end once I got out the hospital. You know what I'm saying? I was probably 300. I probably got up to 305 or 310 max. Um, and that's probably two months out the hospital. You know what I'm saying? It took me everything just to get to 320 pounds, making it back to um, making it back to camp. And then when I first got back to camp, and then what they, happened? They didn't. They didn't. Um, you, you, you know, you know how the team is, man. They, they're like, man, we don't want you practicing right now. You know, you just got back, right? You just got this. We just want you to focus on muscle mass, conditioning. So. I'm conditioning every day with the um with the strength and conditioning coaches and um I don't think I practiced for the first three to four weeks account, I think. And they didn't let me practice until I got to three twenty. And and until they felt that my conditioning was good, like I was I was busting my ass on a day to day basis. Like I did every little thing to make sure that I was gonna be practicing when it was time for me to practice. But you come back 19, you, you're back with the Texans yeah, or no? Yeah, I resigned. Man, Sean Charles, that's, that's a tough road, bro. Oh, for sure. I mean, everybody got something to that story, man. Um, mine ain't really unique or nothing like that. But, you know, things happen, man. For sure. Life is life. For sure, for sure. And it ain't always going to be good. Everybody knows that. Has this all made you better? Uh huh. Has this all made you better, a better person? No. How much have you learned from all this? I learned a lot. I learned a lot from the same mistakes, making different mistakes. I've, I've learned a lot. How I need to be, conduct myself, how I need to move, period. Like, I, I learned a lot, you know? And when, all, when football's all said and done, if you don't go back to the CFL or whenever that ends, what do you want, what do, you want to do next? I most definitely want to get into fashion for sure. Um, I want to get into the food industry as well. Or my own bacon. Hot honey mustard wings. No, nah, for sure. But I'm, I'm thinking more of bacon, vegan pizza spot, man. Oh, that's what I want. I think I'm going to get into the pizza yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I want a vegan, vegan pizza spot. No. So, Big, a vegan? Did you say a vegan? For sure. Yeah. So a vegan pizza spot, and we're going to call it Big Hendo's. Ooh, Big Hendo's, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, I've taken up a lot of time, but, you know, you, you've shared a bunch, and uh, I appreciate you doing it, and I hope people enjoy listening to it. Thank you, Chantrell. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for telling your story. Thanks you for joining us here on, on Behind the You. All right, man, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Can we open up that pizza spot? You got to let us know. I got you. Thank you, sir. All right.